With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative. And it's scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. Oh, Lord, Nate Robinson. Oh, Jesus. This is why we say you don't play boxing. I did an interview a while back and they asked me, they said, hey, what is your favorite sport to cover live? And I was like, boxing. And they were like, really, boxing? Why boxing? And I was like, listen, think about it. You can go outside find a basketball hoop, and shoot a three. You're not Steph Curry, but you can do the action, right? If you want to go play football with a couple of friends, you can throw the ball around. No, you're not Russell Wilson, but you can do it. You can take a bat and a baseball, take a swing. You want to go play tennis, you want to play golf. All of those things people do for fun, to hang out, to have a good time. No one boxes for fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? No one says, you know what? You know, I think this is an enjoyable time to get punched in my head and stomach all day. It's not a play game. You don't play boxing. You don't play a fighting sport. There's a reason they don't have boxing. Like in high school. You, know, you can go out for the football team, you go out for the track team, you can wrestle, go out for the tennis team, play baseball, play basketball, play badminton. But you don't play boxing in high school. There's a reason for that. It's not good for your brain. You know what I mean? It's not good for your brain. So to me, you have to be a little crazy. To want to be a boxer or UFC fighter. A little bit off in the head to want to do that. Which is why I give Nate Robinson full respect. Because I couldn't do it. I remember I sparred one time, if you want to call it that. With another reporter. With the headgear on and everything. About two minutes. And I said, never again. Never again. I'm good. I'll write the story. I'll be on TV. I'll do the other stuff. That I'm fine with that. This is not, and this is just another reporter, not a trained boxer. So I give Nate Robinson tons of respect for even getting in the ring. Now, with that being said, I need to explain something to my Caucasian friends out there. It's for my Caucasian friends. You saw Nate get knocked out by Jake Paul, right? And then you saw immediately the memes and the jokes and the Instagrams and the Nate Robinson challenges come out. And I know it made you a little uncomfortable. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is kind of mean. Can I get in on this? You know what? What's really happened? Black Twitter? And mama, there's really no such thing as, as black Twitter. It's It's more that just black people run the culture no matter what the outlet is and then white people come in and try to co-opt it. Like all those dances on TikToks, you know, started off with black people. But whatever the case, you just have to understand this this has nothing to do with us hating Nate Robinson. Love Nate Robinson. We respect Nate Robinson. But the fact of the matter is, in boxing, if you get knocked out, you're going to get clowned. 
that that's just the way it goes. We clown Manny Pacquiao. We clown Adrian Broner. We clown Deontay Wilder. We clown random boxes that get knocked out. If you get knocked out, you get clowned. That that's just how it goes. And if you don't believe me, just Google Pacquiao memes. That was years ago. It'll still come up. That's just the way it goes. If you mess up, you get clowned. It's nothing personal. Nothing personal against that. And then, you know, then the think posts come. I can't believe you guys are doing this. You're a black man's dad. Like, yeah, just shut up. Please. This is not a think post situation. You know, when, when you decide to get yourself involved in these type of things, you know the possibility that you might get KO'd. Because once again, you don't play boxing. And you know you know if you get KO'd, you're going to get clowned. Nate doesn't seem to be too bothered by it. You shouldn't be too bothered by it. Okay? That should just let you know. There's no need for think pieces. It's not necessary. Listen, if, if, if you're in the Super Bowl, you throw five interceptions, you're going to get clowned. Tom Brady drops pass in the Super Bowl, he's going to get clowned. It's just, it's just the way it works. That's how sports are. Something happens, you're going to get clowned. If you're Nelson Aguilar, you drop a pass and the guy's catching babies, you're going to get clowned. That, that's just the way it is. You just got to deal with it. Roll with the punches. got to roll with the punches. No, no pun intended. Now, speaking of the actual event, I was entertained. Granted, I didn't pay $50 for it. And you probably didn't pay $50 for it either. Normally, if I want to watch something or pay for you, I'll pay for it. It's not that I don't have the $50. It's just that I didn't feel like my $50 would, would, would warrant, you know, my interest. So I did what everybody else did. I illegally streamed it. And you did it too, so don't be looking at me weird. It's a big problem. It's, the big, it's one of the big problems with pay-per-views these days. No telling how much money is being lost from the illegal streams. They didn't have it back in the day. They, they had it. Here's the problem. They, they had, it's been around for a while, illegal streams. But the difference is now the quality, the internet speeds and things like that make them almost as perfect as watching the actual pay-per-view. And I tell you, I, I, I got a, uh, a Mac, an iMac, and a Roku TV. Technology is crazy. Mac, uh, iMac and a Roku TV. Found a stream. Hit a little button on the, the iMac. Shows up on the Roku TV. 70 inches. Clear as day. So they had to figure something out with the pay-per-view model to make sure that they're making the money and, and stuff. But I was entertained. And here's the thing. I don't, uh, two things. This has nothing to do with, this doesn't, it's not bad for boxing. Remember they said McGregor and Mayweather was bad for, it's not bad. None of that's bad for boxing. If you put on good fights, people will watch boxing. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter how many exhibitions or old men are fighting. If you put on good matches, people are going to watch. Right? They're going to watch. If you put on Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko, people are going to watch. You put on Wilder and Fury, people are going to watch. Right? If you ever get, you know, Spence and, and, and Bud Crawford, people are going to watch. People watch good matches. It's the reason that the UFC does well. It's not so much that the UFC is a better sport than boxing. It's just that it's more of a monopoly. So they have more competitive matches on a pay-per-view basis Consistent, where it's a little scattered with boxing. You get a, a lot of your you know, your great boxers are fighting people they really shouldn't be fighting. Like Bud Crawford should be beyond the Kale Brooks of this age. You know what I mean? You give us Spence and, and, and Porter, we're going to watch that. You give us Spence and Garcia, we're going to watch that. You give us the Charlos versus some actual good opponents, people are going to watch it. It's as simple as that. So this is not bad for boxing. And, and as I always say, is this, is that you are in control of what you watch, right? You pay your streaming services, you pay your, your cable bills, whatever, your satellite bills, whatever, your internet, or whatever. It's your money. Watch whatever you want to watch. You want to watch the Powerpuff Girls all day? 
it's your money. Go do it. I don't care. It's not not my money. I'm not watching with you. You're not like we're not sharing the TV in the house. It's it's. I never got that. I never got the the guy or the girl who says, "Why are you watching that?" Like, I understand if people have opinions on everything, but that opinion to me is just a, a very at the lowest levels, like one of the dumbest of all time. Why? Because I want to. And it literally has no effect on your life. What I'm watching. Same thing with music. Why are you listening to that? Because I want to. You can, li- you know, you can listen. You have your own Apple Music, Spotify. You can listen to whatever you want to. You do not have to listen to the same thing that I listen to. So I never understood that people. Why are you watching it? Why are you watching these old men fight? Blah blah blah. I'm like, look, I want you know. This is what I want to watch. And, and people want to watch it. And obviously, it's, it's always funny when people say, I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to watch this. I never watch this. This will not, never watch this ever. And then, you know, every, then every trending topic is the actual fight. And Roy and, you know, Roy was just trying to hang in there to get his money. And Mike was actually in there fighting. But it went bad. I mean, it's what you should expect for, from 50-year-old Xboxes. Who are in decent shape and putting on a bit of an exhibition. It's not a problem at all. This is a little mini beef that I have. I'm not going to talk about it a lot. But I, I got to talk about it a little. Uh, Tony Romo. I know everybody likes Tony Romo. Tony, Tony Romo makes $700 million. He calls out the plays. Everybody likes Tony Romo. And everybody can have a bad day here and there. But I got to call this out. He, he has to stop with the excuses for the quarterbacks. Like, I know he is a quarterback, so in his mind, quarterback, but, like, what he was doing with Tom Brady yesterday was was embarrassing. You know, Tom Brady made some very good throws. Tom Brady made some very bad throws. It's as simple as that. It's not, not complicated. We all understand that Brady's the GOAT, you know, but he's also 74 years old. So he's gonna make some good throws. He may, I mean, he made some dime throws to to Mike Evans and Godwin, but he made some god awful reads and some god awful throws, which he's been doing for the last three or four weeks. Gotta just keep it real. You can't be like, oh, it, this would It was one in particular that set me off. And I know I said I was only gonna talk about this for a second, but you know how that goes. But it's one that really set me off, and I was half, you know, half watching Red Zone, half watching the the Bucks and the Chiefs, but. The thing that set me off was this. It was, it was close to the goal line. And the, the the wide receiver, I don't even know which one, was running like a, an in route. And Brady, you know, missed him, almost got intercepted. And Romo was like, if he would have only, did, you know, flattened this out and such and such, this would have been a walk-in touchdown. And I'm like, no. no, and no It wouldn't have been. You can't, you know. First off, how do you know that's not the way Arians wanted to route ran the way he ran it? Secondly, the the pass was bad no matter what. He, I, I, you know, look, I like Romo too. I know he's been hyped up. I have no problem with him making seven hundred million dollars. It's just the whole court, you know, the protecting Brady. They did that to Peyton Manning back in the day too, when Peyton was trash with the Broncos. When he was, you know, 75 years old, his neck couldn't move anymore. They used to do the same thing while he was throwing lame duck interceptions. Brady's not trash, but you got to be honest. You got to be honest. Just don't do that. That grinds my gears. Don't do that. Now, the next thing that I'm going to talk about may, gr- may, may, may ruffle some feathers. Feathers might be ruffled. That's the reason I said on the podcast and not on social media. See, some things you can't you can't say on social media. Not in in what well, we almost twenty twenty one now, almost twenty twenty one. Some things you can't you can't say on the social medias. Yeah, like George 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 W. Bush said, internet. Some things you can't say on the social medias. And I will say it, and if you and if you if you if you're an honest person, and if you if you listen to what I'm saying, you know it's true, but you also know that you can't say it on the social medias. Now, I thought it was a very nice story that Vanderbilt, 
who was 0-7, I believe, at the time. 0-6, 0-7. They needed a kicker. They're having issues. I don't know if it's with the Rona or something. They needed a kicker, right? So they found the goalie on the Vanderbilt women's team. And I think they won the SEC championship named Sarah Fuller. Like, we need a kicker. I think it'd be a nice story. Let's bring her on the team. She'll be the first woman to ever play in a Division I football game. Beautiful story, right? Thought it was amazing. I thought it was very nice. Nice story. She gets out there. She kicks. I did a story on it. Gets out there. Does a little squib kick. Beautiful thing. I thought that was the end of it. You thought that was the end of it. But alas, it was not. <laughs> For whatever reason, which I can't still seem to fathom, this became a huge toxic story, which kind of explains the good and the bad of social media. And a story that is fairly simple, nice gesture, cool thing for little girls to see, became a huge story. And when I say this, I hope you understand me. It's both people, it's both sides' fault. It's not a one side, it's both sides' fault. What happens is you get one side that takes a, a very regular, should be straightforward story, and they hype it up into something way bigger than what it really is, right? Then you have the other side, which takes a story that is just a regular feel-good story that you should say, you know, some this is nice, and for whatever reason, because they're miserable, they try to point out all the negativity about it. Then you have those two people, those two sides collide, and then it explodes into something that's just like you're like, why? Like, why would you even argue about this? The story's simple. Nice gesture, cool thing, cool footnote. That's it. It's very nice. It's not, you know, it's not curing cancer. It's not coming up with a vaccine for the Rona. But it's also not the, you know. I see people say, oh, well, I, I wish I wanted her to get out of her head knocked off. And that was the worst kick I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's, it's, it's neither nor. You know, it's not, it's not curing cancer. And relax. <laughs> relax. You, you, why are you so upset ab about this? And you see, you know, Whitlock and his, you know, Whitlock knows what he's doing to try to get attention. And then the others. And then you see the, the other side. It's just, it's just a lot for no reason at all. It's like the, the black ref story. Remember the, all the black refs ref one game? Like, that's nice. It's just a nice story. It's nothing to, to debate about. It's not an argumentative story. Just, it's just nice. It's cool. Some things are just cool. Not, like, debatable. Just It's just cool. It's just a nice thing. And that's it. You know? Who, who cares if it was a publicity stunt or they just did it for attention because they're a trash team? Who cares? It's not still cool. Doesn't really matter. Still nice. Still a, a good thing to see. An inter, interesting thing to see. There's, I think there's way too many things, small things, in our country that makes everybody upset, or at least fake upset. And there's a lot of fakeness in the outrage. You know, people say they're outraged. Like, I know people that are outraged or, or pretend to be outraged by certain things, but then do the same things, you know, in private. And one, you know, one day, you never know, I may speak on some of that. Real, you know, you know, always saying certain things and, and promoting certain things, but then, you know, totally different in private. It's not, it's, it's not a big deal. She kicked. It was nice, you know, play like a girl, good little slogan. Nothing to argue about on both sides. Both sides should relax. You know, she didn't run for 100 yards, and it's perfectly fine for her to be a kicker. Perfectly fine for her to be on the team. She looked like she could handle herself. She was bigger than some of the other players. Just, there's just nothing to argue about. It's just sad that that's how we are. It's just a... Everything has to be like this huge debate when nobody, it, it really nobody should really care. What in the blue hell? So I saw this today 
And honestly, still talking about, you know, why we have to argue about everything. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. So I'm, I'm going to talk you through it. And I'm, I'm still debating on how I feel about it. So, you know, maybe I come to the conclusion by the time I end the story. Maybe not. So there's a, a restaurant in, in Dallas, I believe, called True Kitchen. Black guy owns the restaurant. Now, I did a little research. I guess, you know, it's a like a restaurant by day. And then they have like a little outdoor, I guess, lounge bar that you like, like an overnight, you know, if you want to hang out and stuff. I wouldn't call it a club. But, you know, if you want to hang out, you know how that, how that is with certain, with certain establishments. There's a brother that owns it. And I guess they have music uh, on uh, while you're eating. Do you, do you like music? Like real, like like rap music is what I'm saying. <laughs> like while you're eating, like you like to have a DJ while you're eating. That's the first thing I was thinking about. I don't know when I when I go to like a restaurant, you know, it's normally you know with my wife. You know, we don't like having a conversation. You know, we 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 getting we getting tipsy off our two glasses of wine, and you know we're talking and we're eating and stuff like that. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't it, it, you know. I guess it depends on the establishment. But I don't know. I, I've I've been to places where you you get seated. They got you know. I, I kind of like live bands sometimes. You know, live bands or the, you know the karaoke bands or not the karaoke bands, but you know where they they sing the covers and stuff. They they sing new edition and all of that stuff. That's that's not bad. I don't know about DJ. I, I don't know. Like to me, that's a little bit more of a clubby set setting you know when you're eating but i don't know I, whatever whatever back to the story so i guess the, the dj was was playing you know some uh music um about it you know some some twerking music or whatever and some of the young ladies started twerking uh on the tables on the couches, on the furniture, in the window, and whatever. Uh, the owner, he says that he asked them previously, nicely, or had somebody ask him, you know, don't twerk on my furniture or whatever, right? Eventually, I guess they kept doing it or some other girls did it, and he lost it. He gets out there, he comes out, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, listen, this is a classy establishment uh, we do not allow twerking on my furniture. If you're not going to have some quote-unquote respect for yourself, respect for other people, uh, we do not do the twerkerish type of activities in my joint. I did this for the culture. I did this for the people. This is a classy joint. Uh, if you're going to twerk, go to uh, Ruth Chris. <laughs> go to somewhere else or whatever. And, you know, uh, I forgot. I think Prime. It's Prime. I don't know. They got a Prime 112 out there. Go twerk. There, do not twerk in my establishment. I don't need your effing money. So he cursed at it. And this led to a spirited debate on if he was right in the way that he went about uh, asking for the uh, non-twerking of the non the ladies. And and I think this is a situation, more than I think about it, is where it's, it's I always say this, sometimes, when, you know, I've talked about how it's, it's the message can be good and the messenger uh, is bad, right? Uh, I think this is, you know, one of those type of situations where I think the message that he was trying to convey was within his rights as the owner of the establishment. The way he conveyed said message probably wasn't for the best. You know, you, you, you don't, want to say that you you know you you're a classy establishment and you know while you're cursing at women and stuff like that also you have to take it to a, a account that you have to be real careful you know when you're saying that you don't have some respect for yourself and you're telling that to a woman it, it, it comes across as you know if you twerk you know your self-respect or, or the way people see you in society uh is a little different now, one could say that twerking at a restaurant that people are actually eating at is not the greatest form of respect. 
So, you know, I could kind of see where he's coming from with that. It's just all in the wording. Like, if I own, I put myself in this, if I owned a restaurant, um, I would not want people on the on the furniture in the window dancing. If there is a designated dance area, then that is where I would want them to go. Also, I put myself in the position of a person that's eating. If I'm eating at an establishment, um, that's maybe not what I would want to see. <laughs> you know, there are places that you go for that. Maybe that a restaurant is not, you know, that place. You know, it's one of those things, like I said, I, I you know, maybe, you know, you would think you wouldn't have to put up, you know, no twerking signs at a restaurant. But maybe you do. I don't I don't know what goes down in Dallas. I really don't. I don't know what goes down in Dallas. But I think if he wouldn't have cursed, and, but I think his emotions kind of got the best. So now I think if maybe he didn't go a little bit over the top with the, you know, self-value and worth and stuff like that. Like I said, it's, 20, it's 2020. You got to be careful with your language and what you say. You know, but I don't think that should be the end of people. Like, oh, we're canceling him and I don't like going to this restaurant anymore. I think, you know, one can say he has a valid point of not wanting people to be up on his furniture. And he also... One could say, would you do that at a different establishment that wasn't black owned? You know, which would you do it? Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. You know, maybe you think you get away with that because it's black owned and it's a majority of the people, the patrons, the patreons <laughs> uh, are, are black. I, I would just say, as a general rule, don't don't twerk on people's furniture, um, and don't twerk at a restaurant, or at least get you know some clearance from you know the waiter or the waitress if if twerking's um, allowed. Hey, I would just I would just say that. I would just say that. Also, if you're the owner, I you know I feel like you should be able to convey that message. Just you know, just try to stick to the facts. Don't 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 go. You know, let's not go to the opinion part. Like, hey, I own a restaurant. The I don't want you twerking on my my furniture. Please stop. Like, just kind of, yeah, I think if you just do that, you're okay. You go a little bit further with it. it, it it's a bit of a gray area. But honestly, I wouldn't want anybody twerking next to my to my steak. I, I'm just going to be honest about it. What, what is your thought on trolling on social media from, from both perspectives do you have a do you have a problem with the troll or do you you have a problem with the athlete entertainer media person clapping back at said troll i've been thinking about this you know early in my social media career probably to my detriment as you can see what happened down the road <laughs> Uh, I engaged with any and all trolls. I, I I had an actual little mantra about it. I replied to everybody, which I did. I replied to everybody, good, bad, or ugly. And I got into it. And I was like that for four or five years on social media. And then it got to a point, it's like, you kind of realize that if you engage, even if you're laying the smack down on them, they, they still kind of win. Right, because the the only way people really see it is if you give it attention. So I've I've, I've been on both uh, sides of the spectrum, so to speak. And I'm just thinking about that because you know you see what you know. I want to be honest with you. Like we all get it. Some get it more than others. I think some get it more than others because they engage with the trolls more than others. And it, and it gives power to others to hope that that they can get noticed. But we all get it. You know, I've gotten it all. I've gotten death threats. I've gotten people say they're going to fight me. I've gotten all type of racist messages in my emails. and the, Like, I, 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 that's years. But what I've noticed... I'll be honest with you. What I've noticed is that probably the last two to three 
maybe four years, maybe two, three years, when I stop engaging, I, I get a lot less uh, coming back. Like, I haven't gotten uh, what if this site was white sports online in a very long time. I used to get that daily. But, you know, I kind of tailor my conversations now for things that, you know, don't really. And then they incite that and then I, I don't comment on it. You know, I see uh, my friend Joy Taylor. They, they're always going at her for something. And, you know, she goes back at them. I see others, you know, say, hey, I'm not going to just let it slide. I'm going to out them and all of this stuff. Uh, I did a, a story today, uh, the Honey Badger. Uh, Told a told a, a a guy that I follow, Jeremy Sickle, to to shut up, B, because he was critical of you know how close the Chiefs and Bucks you know got at the end. But then Jeremy donated to his charity and he deleted the tweet. So like, I I don't know, like I it's, like I said, social media is a is the greatest thing and the worst thing all at the same time. You know I think like. I don't think, like, Skip Bayless, what, follows, like, one person? See, I, that's the thing. I don't think Skip cares. You know, Skip says what he has to say, collects his check, go home to, I always forget his wife's name, but Maybelline, Angeline, what, what is his wife's name? Hold on. Geraldine? Is it Geraldine? Hold on, I got to look. I got to look. My, my point is why I'm looking. Uh... He doesn't seem to care. You know what I mean? Uh, Ernestine. Ernestine. I mean, he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, he just collects his check, says what he has to say, and goes about his business. And I think, honestly, um, that's the best thing to do. I know that's 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 what I do now. Say what you got to say, post your story, collect your check, go about your business. If it's something that I really want to say, like really want to say, I, I normally say it in the podcast or I say it in, in story. Yeah, I say it in story. Because, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't, I, I don't, I think as you get, you get older or you've been on the platform, some people are on the, the platform Some people are on the platform, and all that's all they do. It's all they've been doing ever since they've been on there. I, I, I can't do it. Like you gotta, gotta evolve. You gotta, you gotta evolve. You can't do the same things all the time. People don't evolve. They get bitter. They get angry, and then they want to, you know, hurt other people. But my advice would be, just don't. You know, don't engage. Especially if you're living a good life. You're living a good life. Don't engage. You're living a great life. Don't let them get to you. And then you hear that, hey, something, something. They get to them. And I understand they can get to you. Just, hey, we're human. We're human. But it, don't engage. Change your, you know, change your, your, your notifications. Only see people that follow you for a while. It'd be, you'd be, trust me, you'd, you'd be better off. Depending on what's going on, I, I, you know, I, I, I mute a, uh, a conversation. I mute some people. I change the way I get my ads. Well, I just won't look. <laughs> That's how you got to do it sometimes. This is random only because I literally just saw it come across my timeline. It wasn't in... <laughs> wasn't in the plan for me to talk about, but I I just like there's an app called Clubhouse that I guess where you can have you know conversations. You can start a group conversation and talk about things, and somebody started a conversation about Kevin Hart wasn't funny, and Kevin Hart jumped in the conversation to say you know not necessarily that he was funny, but they felt like you know black people speak down on black people they don't uplift them enough it's a fun, it's a very 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 fine line and i i understand where kevin hart is coming from trust me i do 
it's just there's a fine line between people who are hating just to hate and people that are just giving honest to God opinions on, on things that really have nothing personal against you, right? I'm sure there's a subset of people that just hate Kevin Hart because Kevin Kevin Hart kind of went from, you know, directly to DVD movies to, like, Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? To, like, doing, you know, arena shows. And, and you know, you got those people. It's kind of that weird thing where it's, like, Drake and, and Kendrick Lamar. You know, so you think about, you know, what you got... David Chappelle over here doing like real, you know, stories about not getting any money from Netflix and, and really talking deep. And you got Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's two different things. They can both coexist. It's just, yeah. But there are a subset of people that don't like that, that are really upset. There's a subset of black people that are upset when other black people are successful and they do everything in their power to try to take you down. Everything in their power to try to take you down. So I'm sure that's the subset he's speaking of, but that's not the entire subset. Some people are just like, you're not funny, my guy. Or I did not find your your, your special, the latest one, funny. I found, Marcus, are you over there growling? Stop growling over here now. We're doing a show. But hey, sometimes, sometimes I find Kevin Hart very funny. Other times I don't. I really have nothing personal against Kevin Hart. I feel like that about all comedians. Like I thought... I think Chris Rock uh, is funny, but his last special I thought was eh. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, eh. who was the other one? Um, uh, the guy from Friday. Uh, brain is freezing up on me, but uh, Chris Tucker. But like I thought, Chris Tucker was funny in the past. His last stand-up was like seven hours, and it wasn't funny at all to me. Just to me. Yeah. But there is a subset of people that don't like like that. What's up, Barkis? You want to go on a walk? Would you like to go on a walk? You want to go on a walk? Yeah? Yeah, you want to go on a walk? He likes when, when I say that. You can hear him, can't you? He gets excited. That's his excited whine, by the way. <laughs> okay, we're going to go on a walk. We're going to take a break from the podcast, and then we're going to take a walk. I'll be right back. After these messages. There are no messages. I just gonna come right back. <laughs> I'm coming, boy. The Injustice League. And we're back. <laughs> I see, that's good for me. It's good for the dog. Put on a little pandemic weight. <laughs> gotta gotta knock that off. Wanna be healthy, wanna be around for a long time to harass you guys. That that's very, very important to me. <laughs> very, very important to me. But, uh, oh, so yeah, the Injustice League. This is messed up. It's quick. I mean, you already know the deal. I hate to repeat myself like over and over again because you guys know the deal. You, you know what, what the story I'm going to tell, how it ends, the differences, why it is, what it is. It's frustrating though when you hear it. Like, you know, I think what's happening, I want to talk about this a little bit more. And keep that same energy. I think we've got a little relaxed since Joe Biden won the election. A little too focused on Trump saying the election is stolen and stuff like that. And forgetting some of the main core things that was the super, super problem in our society. One being the police, the cops. So I think it was yesterday. It was Saturday or Sunday. I was just perusing around the Internet. And um, I saw this story about a cop getting an award in Florida. And they said he was getting an award because of the way he showed restraint um, in a situation. So I read about the situation. It was, it was interesting. The situation was this. A white guy uh, escaped from a mental uh, facility. So obviously he was having some mental health issues. Cop finds the, the white guy a couple of miles away from the uh, mental health facility. black cop. Uh, he says, listen, buddy, I know, you know you, you're making me a little nervous. Um, I just want to get you back to the facility. Uh, very the black cops, very calm, cool, and collected. You know, I'm just gonna put these handcuffs on you, and you know, we'll get everything squared away. And uh, the mental health prof- uh, guy, the white guy, stabbed him in the neck. Stabs him in the neck. The black cop proceeds to. Uh, then he, he ran after he stabbed him in the neck. He proceeds to run, run him down, chase him down, 
and use his taser uh, to subdue him, get him in handcuffs and, you know, get him arrested. And he got an award, you know, for, for using restraint in, you know, dealing with the mental health situation and the guy stabbing him in the neck and everything. And while ideally that's how you would want uh, most cops to to handle situations, it just made me remember uh, a few, uh, well, last month or maybe a couple of months back, I don't think it was too long ago, the... Um, it was a black guy in Philadelphia who was having a mental health issue. Uh, he had a knife. Uh, his mother and, and some others in the neighborhood was trying to, you know, kind of calm him down. There was two cops on the scene. The, the black guy with the knife at no point was within 10 feet, 10 yards, 15 yards of the cops. Two of them, I might add. And they pumped 15 shots into his chest in front of his mother. Once again, he didn't come at the cops. He didn't charge the cops. He wasn't in close proximity uh, of the cops. They were in no way in any type of immediate danger. They had guns. He had a knife. He was nowhere near them. People were in the streets telling him that he's having a mental health issue. His mom was trying to calm him down, and they pumped 15 bullets into his chest. Now, I try to tell people the difference is black guys are not inherently scared of white men. Okay? <laughs> There's nothing, we're not fearful of a white guy. If, it's just, if, it's just, if, if a black guy is just walking down the street, it's not a cop because, you know, the cops have the guns and stuff. And we see another white guy, there's, there's no fear in that. We don't, we don't get scared by that. So this black cop saw this you know, little white scrawny guy, and he had no fear. So he talked to him as someone that wasn't scared of him. And when he ran, he, once again, he just didn't feel any fear. Didn't feel like the need, you know, he didn't, he didn't get off on trying to murder him. He just did his job and subdued him. White cops are inherently scared of black men, black people in general. That's why they shoot all the time. They're scared. They're, they're, they're soft. They're punks. They're, so, they're scared. The fear of a black man 20 yards away from him with a knife is more inherent in them than if it was a, a white man with a gun pointing at them. That's just the truth. And that's why they react the way that they do. That's, you know, when you have inherent racism in your blood, you've been taught, you've been indoctrinated to say that black men are violent. They shoot to kill. There's no de-escalation when a white person deals with a black person. <coughs> Excuse me. I hope Biden and the country don't just get laxed in the sense. I understand there's branches of government and you're dealing with a lot of police precincts because every city has a thousand counties and jurisdictions and all of that stuff. But there's, I think people have gotten very lax with, with the police stuff because Biden got elected. You know, getting him elected was just, like I, I said, a lot. that's just part one. Really, it was just more getting Trump out was the first part. Then the others, there's a lot more that needs to be done. But we'll see if it if it happens. Like LeVar Ball, I've never lied to you. I've taken some losses though. I've taken some L's. But I never lied to you. Especially when it comes to media. See, I don't lie to you, even when it comes to me. Took my L like a man. And whatever consequences came with it, didn't make excuses or anything like that. Because to me, that's, that's, that shows you what type of person you are. We're not perfect. We have regrets. I, it's always odd when people say, I, I have no regrets. Like, yeah, think, I, look, I have regrets about, you know, not putting something in the refrigerator that went spoiled. Yeah, we all have regrets. But I've never lied to you. When I tell you something, it's true. 
if I tell you if it's a rumor, if I tell you this is what I heard, but if I tell you something like I say, hey, this this is the real. You can't say that I haven't lied to you. Now, I told you about Will Kane a long time ago. I told you about the hypocrisy of Will Kane. How ESPN was trying to balance out the fact that, you know, Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, and they're, and they're doing the undefeated, and they felt like they needed a MAGA representation. And so they kept giving Will Kane, even though he was providing some, some really racist type of commentary. They kept giving him promotions, kept giving him better slots on the radio, kept putting him on first take, even though he was saying wild things over and over again. They loved him. The executives loved him. And they, want, they wanted to keep him with a long-term contract. It was more of a money situation because of the Rona. Not that they didn't want him. Not because they felt like, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't have this person that, that spews all this MAGA language on our network. Oh, no. They wanted him to be a star. That was talks of him taking over for Max Kellerman. And on first take, this is what ESPN wanted. I told you. I told you. Dan Lebertard told you. Rob, you pulling the race card and you don't know that. Maybe he voted for Obama. Nah, man, I know. I don't just say stuff, especially about the inner workings of the media without knowing what I'm talking about. So I wasn't surprised today. He's out there on um, he's out there on Fox News. That's where he ended up going to, talking about Biden stole the election and they they should you know insert Trump as a dictatorship and all of this stuff. I'm not surprised. Why are you? Why would I be surprised by that? I told you that was gonna happen. He said it. I, I'm going to Fox so I can you know say these things. And the thing about it is, is I I don't know like him personally. So either he's doing it for the cash or he's really racist. Either way, it's kind of bad. But maybe he's just doing it for the cash. You know, if you go on Fox News, these are the things that you got to say. But I, I try to, I mean, I, I, I tell people about certain individuals in the media. I'm always right. Because I just, I just don't say it unless it's true. You know, that... I'd let you know. So you can't be shy. I, I was trending. I can't believe. Come on now. Come on now. I told you about Whitlock before Whitlock. I told you about Clay Travis before Clay Travis. I tell you, like, I don't think Skip is, is racist, but I told you to Skip, the way Skip, the reason Skip does things he does, the reason Stephen A does things. That he, I, I to, I, I've already explained all this to you. So don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. And then to be shocked about. And nothing to be shocked about. Just remember, though, I think the most important thing, like, I'm not even knocking Will Kane. Like I said, he, do, he does it for the, the cash, whatever. That That is not, I never blame, like I said, never blame the supplier. I blame the user. Excuse me, never blame the user. Well, that's not exactly what I meant. But you know what I'm saying. Well, I should say never blame the supplier, blame the user. What I mean by that is that he was consumed by people at ESPN. They kept putting them out there. So obviously somebody's listening. Somebody's reading Whitlock. Somebody's listening to all these people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, don't be surprised. Yeah, don't be surprised. Like I said, if I tell you, it, it's true. So before I get out of here, uh, let's just say uh, everybody has the Rona. All of the Ravens got the Rona. The Broncos uh, couldn't play with a quarterback because they were Hanging out with no mask after one of the quarterbacks got the Rona. The Steelers were crying and whining. Then they got the Rona. The country, that is right, the United States of America. I think we have double the cases in November. So everybody's sick or quarantined. A bunch of college football games have been canceled. Nick Saban got the Rona. Ryan Day has the Rona. Everybody has the Rona. So what does this tell me? A couple of things. White people don't follow instructions. Not all white people, but you know the, who I'm talking about. And there's some black people don't, that don't follow instructions too because that whole thing about the twerking at the restaurant, I didn't see a lot of social distancing in the restaurant. It looked packed to me. Not just the white people, but people don't follow instructions. Um, it doesn't look like we actually care. You know, if we don't care, like whatever. Once again, I think the whole thing, Trump stopped caring. 
as soon as he lost, like, he didn't really care before. But I knew as soon as he lost, he's like, ah, I'm going to play golf every other day. Don't give me any briefings. I'm not going to do no interviews. I'm not going to keep up on what's going on in the country. Like, if someone wanted to attack us, it, this would be a good time. The whole, like, because the, the whole little trend, all that's in, in flux. You know who's coming in, who's going out, who's really working, who's scared from the job. Like, if you wanted to plan an attack, this is when you would do it. The NFL doesn't care. The NFL is about money. NFL is going to push through regardless. There's going to be an NFL season. You notice how at least some of these other sports, they're in the bubble, they try to figure it out. Nope, not the NFL. No bubble, no anything. Just go. We don't care. The 49ers don't have a place to play. We don't care. The Broncos don't have a quarterback. We don't care if, if I think it's 19 of the Ravens are on the, the COVID list. No, no, go play. We got we got television revenue to collect. We don't care. It's sad. It's sad. So this why I, this. If anything, the coronavirus, along with a lot of other things, just show you that our country's not well put together. It it, and it always gets me because the first the first word of our country is the United States of America. Oh, yeah, I really break it down. I don't think people really understand it. The United States, that's 50 states of America. What it's supposed to mean is that all 50 states are united. Freedom and liberty for all. America pride. But no, nah, it should really be, you know, the separate 50 states of America. And even should maybe be the, the separate races of America. Like it's, 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 it's not united. It's definitely separate. Please be safe out there. Wear a mask if you can. It's the holiday season. You know, even though I'm in California, like I know like California gets, you know, 40 degrees at night. People freak out. <clears throat> but I'm from the Midwest. So I know it's it's. It's cold, it's rainy, it's, it's the time that people get sick on top of everything else. So wear a mask, be safe, stay indoors. You know, you know, while life is not promised, you know, hopefully we can get through this and then, you know, next year you can do everything that you want to do for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all your vacations and all that. Stop being so stupid. Let's actually try to start being united. And don't forget... Your free Audible trial. I got you. AudibleTrial.com slash BSO. Your free trial, two free books on your boy. Be sure to check out the website, BlackSportsOnline.com, and register for my email list for all the new updates. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online. Instagram, BSOTV, and much appreciation to my podcast partners at ABF Creative for all their hard work in making this weekly podcast a success. I'm out.